Welcome to the Board Game Snobs Podcast. Critically harsh reviews with a touch of class. Go. And welcome. Welcome one and all to the Board Game Snobs Podcast. This is the star of the show, Jerry calling out to all of our listeners who are in distress. Whippoorwill. Never gets old. Whippoorwill. Look up here. Look and up here. <laughs> Three amigos. Bird calls. Oh, oh, oh yeah. I forgot about that. Three amigos <laughs> is like was one do- of the best shows ever. He was doing a ever. bird sound. He like he wasn't look he wasn't looking. <laughs> he goes, "Look up here. Look up here." <laughs> I forgot about that one. I bought that uh, show. I found it in like the Walmart bargain bin of DVDs for like five bucks. Oh. I immediately, I immediately bought it and told my wife, "I have, to, we have to show this to the kids when they're of appropriate age." <laughs> it's because, good you know, stuff. The, yeah, it's 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 one of those classic movies that when you watch it, you know these guys had fun making that show. You know they loved every single minute of oh, being yeah. stupid. I mean, oh. apparently Chevy Chase is kind of a pain in the butt, but uh, I mean, other than maybe dealing with him, it had to have been. It's Chevy Chase, Martin Short, Steve Martin, like the three titans of comedy at the time. Who's your favorite out of the three? Uh, that's a good question. I would like to say Chevy Chase, but he's apparently like a huge jerk. <laughs> <laughs> I but, think... I, I, I've always been fond of Steve Martin. I'd have to go Steve Martin as well because I grew up, I think, one of the first movies that I ever watched at home. Like, like you know, the the VCR level days, you know, like, you know, but not everybody had a VCR. Everybody was, you know, paying the subscription at Blockbuster, you know, you didn't want everyone to leave the VCR in the car because it get too hot and melt, and then they charge you like ninety bucks or something like that. That those days, oh yeah, my mom uh, and had a, a two dollar rewind fee. Oh yeah, my mom had a copy of The Jerk with Steve Martin, and and never I seen remember it. that was. Oh, there is a yes, there is a scene. He he, he is a um. I don't know. I don't know how else to describe him, but an imbecile who goes out and sets out on his <laughs> his own to make his way in the world. And there's this scene where he he shows up. He's 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 trying to find. He goes to a gas station, goes to a bathroom. This guy offers him a job, and the guy says, "I'll pay you a dollar ten an hour." And he's like, he looks at the guy and says, "You mean to tell me that for every hour I work here, you'll pay me a dollar and ten cents. The guy says, yeah. And then next, there's a montage of him just working his butt off for this guy <laughs> because he has no concept of money. He's much like Enrique. You could take out Yeah, you could take out Steve Martin and put Enrique in here and have, you know, and then you had, and there's this scene where he gets his name in the phone book and he thinks that's a big deal. And then some guy randomly is picking names out of the phone book of people he wants to go murder. And he happens to pick Steve Martin's character. And I mean, it's just, it's just this whole show is nothing but insanity, but it was like, that was one of the first uh, shows I remember watching via VHS back in the day. 
This this podcast is about board games, by the way. Is it though? Yeah. Uh, one of my favorite. Are you recording on your side? I am. Okay, good. Do we need to do the clap thing? Because I realized there was a the last episode. I was recording, and I just kept recording the one with you and Jack. And apparently, mm-hmm. you had paused. <laughs> and so then, when I melded it with mine, like it was way off, and I did not know that okay. you had paused it. We'll say something and we'll clap. Say uh, something clap worthy. <laughs> Huzzah! <laughs> okay, wait, no, okay. Just clap. One, two, three. <laughs> oh, wait. You're supposed to clap on three. One, okay. two, three. Okay, there we go. Gotcha. I think we're on. Nailed it. <laughs> Nailed it. Okay, so uh, my, this, this podcast one of my is- favorite Steve Martin movies, and it was not even one of his bigger hits, was My Blue Heaven. I freaking I've never Rick, seen it. <gasps> it has Rick Moranis in it, Jerry. Well, then I'm going to have to watch it. What's it <laughs> it's, called? It's My Blue Rick Heaven? Moranis and Steve Martin in Witness Protection. My Blue Heaven. Say no more. <laughs> It was he, he he plays like this mobster and he goes into witness protection. They do like I remember it specifically because they dance to this uh merengue music and my parents just loved it. My mom just loved the merengue music in this movie. And it's just Steve Martin just being ridiculous. Doing a ridiculous accent, by the way. And Rick Moranis is like the FBI guy. Is greatness. It's absolute greatness. But for some reason, it's like one of the lower end of movies of Steve Martin. Oh, it looks amazing. It looks amazing. It is. 1990. It is. Oh, yeah. Into the greatest oh, yeah. decade of all time. Oh, yeah. yeah. Does it have Ray Liotta in it? Uh, it may. I don't know. It's been okay, forever okay. since I've Dude, seen it. I'm I'm flipping through. I'm flipping through the cast real fast. I want to find that. Ah, oh, not to be uh, mistaken with My Blue Heaven from 1950, starring Betty Grable and Dan Daly. Don't know that. Uh, no. I, 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 you know how uh, when podcasts start off, there's always this. You know, the people who are hosting it always go, "Oh, so what have you been up to?" And oh, wow, I've been well. Well, no, honestly. I haven't talked to you in like two weeks. You know, no. this week I was terribly busy. No, I literally have not. I have no clue what you have been up to. Like last week was the week from hell for me. Yes, I know. Okay, so I recorded a solo podcast in which I told them, I said, Jerry tends to volunteer for like EMT and firefighter stuff. And then he proceeds to tell me the horrific stories that go along with that, with death and destruction. I didn't give any details because I figured that would be wrong. But I was like, yeah. So he tells me what he does on the weekends, and I'm like super depressed the rest of the day. (laughs) Bummer. Like, what you been doing up to it, Jerry? Oh well, da 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 da. Oh my God, how, how are you? How are you not emotionally scarred from that? <laughs> oh, it happens. So yeah, yeah. Um, I have Anything been doing nothing. Been I have <laughs> the man of mystery. Uh, it's the same old, same old. I mean, I hate to say that, but it's, you know, I've been working. Come home, try to find something to busy myself. Uh, I've played lots of video games. Oh, I have soloed. I found, and I recorded this as well. I finally soloed Field Commander Alexander. Uh, I followed this guy on, uh, I think it's, 
now I've forgotten his name, but it was a YouTube. You, I'll release it, but HP something. I forget what it was, but he like goes Lovecraft. <laughs> it was Cthulhu. <laughs> I knew it. Uh, <laughs> HP Lovecraft. You know, up until like, I would say five years ago, I didn't even know who that was. I had mm, never I thought heard. it was the I, I thought it was the owner of Hewlett Packard. <laughs> I had never heard of H.P. Lovecraft until I heard people start talking about Arkham Asylum, the board game, and I was like, "What's that about?" And they're like, "Oh, it's based on H.P. Lovecraft." Then I start looking it up, and I realize this guy's like this the original, I guess, horror writer. But anyway, so I played Phil Commander Alexander, and uh, I enjoyed it very much. Alexander wiped the floor. Although he did end up in the last, uh, uh, his last battle there, it was just him, just Alex. He survived and defeated the Persians. Uh, you can play it two different ways where you do uh, each mission on its own, and then it will give you a setup. Or you can do a campaign version where you take your, basically your forces from one campaign mission to the next. So like I did Granicus, and then the next mission would be whatever, Tyre. Uh, and then he goes into attack with whatever forces he has from there. But uh, I enjoyed but the tire, it. the tire campaign, if I remember, is very exhausting. Yes, because like he has to do the whole thing, like knock down these walls and make. Didn't Get he it? like? Didn't tire? <laughs> yes, yes. Oh, crack myself. So up. he has to like. Uh do whatever alexander did put out a bunch of rocks and gravel to make it out there or something i don't know but i enjoyed it it's just pulling shit and rolling dice he built a land bridge man he built a land bridge right now you know what he did he he polluted the water he just put lots of crap in the water is what he did our friend space biff dan throw is just turning in his he's just his his historian panties are in a wad right now hearing you mistell the story of tyre why he he polluted the the lake there entire the entire lake the entire lake he got it but also rocks and concrete you're on a you're on a diet you're on a hiatus aren't you huh you're on a hiatus from drinking alcohol and dieting aren't you (laughs) you are misinformed my friend (laughs) oh i thought you were i was super temporarily but that it didn't last it didn't take Oh, here I am, not doing this, doing the same. No, I'm drinking you. a martini as we speak, my friend. Mm. No, I, have I, uh, I, I went two weeks without alcohol, and then uh, the way of the world kind of pressured me into drinking again. So I just, I just, <laughs> you know what? I'm just going to drink. Well, I, uh, I uh, have in my possession, which I am currently sampling now. A bottle of Anejo Cava de Oro. I came about this because I'm a good person. Uh, I stopped in. You saved a life and they had a bottle of tequila on them. (laughs) Well, no, I stopped in to uh, uh, mag uh, Enrique's father. I stopped in to check on him because he recently had a death in the family. And I had purchased him a bottle of tequila. But, of course, you cannot find... You cannot find... uh, Cava de Oro in this area at all. You have to order it. So I purchased a from the mother very middle. Of, yeah, I purchased a very middle of the road tequila and brought it by uh, Mag's house and dropped it off. 
thinking, oh, okay, then he comes home, he'll find this mid-range tequila. Okay, I'll just stop then and check on him. And then <laughs> on my way out, I met his wife, who then gave me a box and said, oh, there Mag was uh, Mag was going to give this to you, so and inside of it is a bottle him, of... Ke- you bought him a uh, middle-of-the-road tequila, and he gives you, like, top-of-the-line. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I felt really bad. But yet it's he's like the I one that by has had the loss in the family. I see how it is, uh, yes. I stop by his house to do something nice and then return, I leave with a much better bottle. So there <laughs> nice. I am. So who says good things doesn't happen to good people? <laughs> um, well, I was just going to address a few emails that we got. Uh, when I did my coffee roasters giveaway, I noticed some, I did something that I, sh- I, I gave it away too quick. You did. Not that I gave it away too quick, but I didn't, I didn't give time for, of course we're doing a podcast. So it, People listen to them at their leisure. So we ended up getting many, many more emails after the fact. And I kind of felt bad. So next time we do a giveaway, I'm going to give it like two weeks. But we got one from a Ryan Maxwell. Apparently he's a Sooner, Boomer Sooner. Uh, He said he just listened to the Lace podcast, which was the one I said I was giving it away. And then he was requesting it. And he said, my catchphrase, Zoinka, Zoinka. And then he said, take care, keep up the excellent work. So I just wanted to, just wanted to acknowledge Ryan that, you know, I did, I tried to respond to as many people as I can. Then there was a, you know, people's emails, they confuse me because like their email is one thing and then their name is like something else. This is from Jen. He said, go. Is that your catchphrase? Anyway, I'm interested in running your coffee roaster. Thanks for the great podcast, Jen, J-I-N. No, my my catchphrase is not go. In fact, I told him, I was like, if you listen to that podcast, I literally said it within the first few minutes because I was going bazinga, but instead I meant to say zoinka, zoinka. But uh, I've said it before at least twice. (laughs) If you're a loyal listener, you would know that. Burn, uh, Jen, burn. <laughs> burn. Jen does burn, especially bad Jen, like Tangeray. Don't do it. Simeon Lawler said, you all still giving away coffee roasters? Love the show. Sim. So we can call him Sim. P.S. Get Enrique on the Zoom or whatnot. We need to hear his thoughts. Enrique does not know how to operate Zoom, Sim. I thought about getting him a, a microphone, but that would mean he needs a laptop he doesn't know how to do any of that all he, he knows the, is he does, ps4 he the head, if he, he could connect it to his ps4 on, uh, yeah he does the ps4 stuff richard lapino wrote in as usual very a loyal emailer richard lapino steven uh, i don't understand this one uh, this is from our uh, Star Wars aficionado max but he titled it steven s smith so i'm confused <laughs> Are you Steven S. Smith or are you Max Max? I don't know. He wants to be part of Cobra, Jerry. Jerry, you've gotten several emails that want to be part of Cobra. I'll leave that up to you because you started this monster. I feel it's never going to happen, but whatever, you're going to deal with it, okay? Cobra's going to happen. Cobra is happening. Cobra's got fangs. I have already got us a Facebook group created. It's already reserved. And those that would be joining Cobra will be invited to the group. I've got this figured <laughs> okay, out. It's working whatever. on uh, Ryan Salter says, as purveyors of fun facts, I thought you might like to know the word meme doesn't actually have anything to do with the word mime, which is Celtic in origin. Meme comes from the Greek mamema, but it's pronounced to sound like the word gene. 
Richard Dawkins' 1976 book, The Selfish Gene, discuss units of cultural information which replicate themselves and spread in society very much like a gen- genes replicate and spread genetic information to other species. Okay, he kind of went deep there on me. but uh, Like your Wranglers? <laughs> yes, exactly. Like those genes. Then we also had a couple emails from uh, Acute Z69. Um, I think the name was actually Robin. Uh, they were wishing for a copy of Coffee Roasters as well. Peter Jank wrote in wishing for Coffee Roasters as well. Oh, speaking of which, so like I give away my copy of Coffee Roasters. Then you're like, I'm going to give mine away to somebody. So people were like emailing. You never responded to any of them. Well, because patience is the victor. And the person whom which I gave my Coffee Roasters <laughs> to. The last to, one. The last person. Like the person whose email you happened to open. No, no. The dude sent a picture of his baby. He just had a baby. Not fair. He just had a baby. Yeah, Steve Schleppenhorster. You just said the last podcast that children are horrible. Steve Schlepphouse. Schlepphorst. I can't say his last name. (laughs) But I sent sent Steve Schlepperhorster my copy (laughs) of... He has his terrible last name. But him and his wife just had a baby. And he he attached a picture of the baby. You know how I am. So he's there's there's I'm, I'm Richard there's, Simpson. I, Congratulations! I sent him a, uh, a a baby gift of coffee roasters for the new Schlepper Harster. Uh, Barry Bryce, so. that's his email. I don't know if that's his name. He said Zoinka Zoinka is Gubby's catchphrase for coffee roasters. Thanks, great stuff. Then Sire seven six eight nine. I don't get all the names. Is he Sire seven six eight nine or Barry Bryce? I don't know what's going on. It doesn't matter. That's their emails. Uh, then Bill Jazzer. Bill Jazzer has went through our whole portfolio of games. Games. <laughs> our whole portfolio of podcasts. He's listened to them all, and as a recent listener to them all, I said, "Bill, what?" As a recent listener. What do you think of the various podcasts we have? This is what he said. He said, this afternoon, I finished all of the episodes except the Mandalorian discussions. That's because we've only got two and we, we're never going to finish those. We are. We are going to finish it. He says, Gobby and Jerry alone. These are the strongest for board game discussions. Gobby and Jerry plus one. The laugh-a-meter goes way up on these. The ones with Enrique are especially great. Gobby, Jerry, plus Infinite. I guess they meaning like Mike and Bubba and Enrique. More than one additional guest with the BGG5. I think person conference hotel room being one of my favorites. We had two of those. Jerry interviews. Hmm. No, not the show's strongest episodes. <laughs> I agree. I am terrible at interviewing people. Um... He has in parentheses special, quote unquote, special episodes. The RPG shows were fall on the floor laughing out loud. Again, I want to seriously thank you for helping me get through this pandemic with my sanity intact. Give my best to the snobs and their families. Bill. I get to read. I get to read Lindsay's email. Okay. Lindsay and Eric. Lindsay and Eric, longtime listeners of the show. And Lindsay is famously the listener who solve the great who's the host of the board game snobs uh Lindsay says thanks for another episode of entertainment eric which eric's the guy who uh likes the hollywood chihuahua shows which yes, is yes. odd 
has he has bad taste in movies, but good taste in uh, 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 life mates, apparently. Yeah, it makes me wonder that reading Lindsay's emails, what she's doing associating with a guy like Eric who likes these Chihuahua movies. <laughs> Lindsay has never indicated that she likes these Beverly Hill Chihuahua movies, which makes me think she's taking pity on Eric. And it makes me wonder if Eric would sink so low to watch movies about dogs if that are like, like obviously up, being like Lindsay goes to bed and he's staying up late at night turns on hbo it's just what are you watching oh, oh i'm watching this dog chihuahua movie <laughs> he's he, he's in there watching uh uh the look who's talking to or something like that these weird movies where they always dub the voices over you know it's like you know, that's just what he likes this this anyway that just makes me wonder shit but uh it's very nice that she does uh she allows him to uh to indulge in such uh, odd entertainment choices. Uh, Eric and I have been commuting together since our work schedules aligned during the pandemic, and we always listen to the podcast Thursday morning. Oh, that's nice. Uh, this was our last day riding together and listening to your show since our schedules are back to normal next week. And then she poses this question. I liked hearing your favorite mechanics, but I realize there's a vast difference between my favorite and yours. Oh, I also well, realize that like most people okay. prefer mechanics that align with their personalities, which is kind of interesting. Uh, do you think that, Gabby? Do you think people prefer mechanics that align with their personalities? Um, I, that is an interesting question. I don't think it is. Tr- I don't think so. I think that's true. I don't think so. Well, there's mechanisms... That don't align with me. Like, okay, for instance, this is why I say this. When it comes, even this applies to video games as well. When it comes to gaming, like, let's say we play somewhat of a aggressive type game, some sort of war type game where we attack each other. I go in, you know what? If I'm being honest with myself. No, I think so. Because like when we play a game that requires you to attack each other, even if it's like Scythe or Rex or Twilight Imperium 4, usually I try to not attack until someone attacks me. It has only been recently that I realized I need to be more aggressive to win these type of games. So I have purposely went out of my way to be that type of person, which I am not. So, you know, you're right. I don't think I am. I think I do align with certain mechanisms that are me. So if it's a, if it's a game that requires you to attack, I'm not a, uh, I'm not an aggressive, assertive personality. I will not attack you. So usually in gamings like this, I sit back and I wait for you to attack me or, you know, like, you know, to be the guy that's punched first, then, then I can punch back and I feel okay about it. That's me. That's me in real life as well. Also, yes, you, you enjoy games of pacifism <laughs> and food consumption. Give me food chain magnate anytime. Uh, ah. You are a talker and you also like to attack and you're a backstabber in real life. <laughs> yes. And those are the types of games that you enjoy. I think there's, I mean, I think obviously there's some sort, you know, it, they're games, so it's not completely like you know this is my personality in gaming but i think it probably does kind of lean that way your your tactics tend to lean to the type of person you might be i would agree yes if it's a game that requires fighting or area control then i'm your huckleberry i i love games like that but i think that also i think it's true to her point 
that there are aspects of our personalities that come out in games. And I believe that it is either it, that can go both ways. For instance, it can be a person whose personality deep down, they don't get to exhibit this trait very often. They don't get to exhibit their ingenuity or their their covertness, their their ability to manipulate their surroundings. But yet when they get to play a game, that comes out. So normally they're known as a meek, a meek, mild person, but in playing the game, they really get to indulge themselves. And so in that way, sometimes mechanics don't often match these people's personality. It's the same reason why all these these uh, guys play D and D. These people who have never been in a physical confrontation in their life, but enjoy pretending to be somebody that deep down they. F- think they might be able to be or wish they were able to be and go on this adventure and do these very, uh, these very, not macho, but but very adventurous things that probably normally in everyday life they would not do. And then I, again, I think there's some people like myself that when there is a game that kind of brings out the types uh, that, that, that kind of allow me to exercise the type of personality that I have to a different degree. Yeah, I get into that. So, you know, there it is. So, yeah, I think that I think that that is a uh, an observation that I agree with, that people tend to prefer mechanics that lie with their personalities. She goes on. Lindsay goes on to say it made me realize that this is probably useful as a brain exercise or even a personality exercise to branch out of your comfort zone. Now, I know there are some businesses that use like uh, turn and taxis and uh, I think it was rowing boats too as as like a, uh, a tool for their applicants. Like you come in to get a job, they make you play this board game to see what type of person you are. Like, are you going to be able to handle logistics? I think that the idea that there are games that make you branch outside of your comfort zone or games that you normally don't like and how you respond to those is interesting. Are there any games that you, Gobby, would say are outside your comfort zone? Yes. I have discussed these previously. Anything anything negotiation? Well, I, I, I I don't know. It's just... That's that's a, a straight up negotiation like Chinatown, even Cosmic Encounter, where I have to make people see my side of things. I'm just not good at. And that reminds going along with her job scenario, it's like when you go on an interview, they're like, tell me something positive about yourself. I don't know what to say. You just have to know me. <laughs> It's like, I, I can't convince you to like me in five minutes. I just don't know what to say. Just start doing impersonations. That always works. Uh, the, the idea of something that's outside of my comfort zone. I don't know if there's any really games that I personally don't ally with what I like. Like I, I love negotiation games. I like bidding. Of course, dice placement, but dice placement doesn't make me uncomfortable. It's just a stupid mechanic. Uh, I would say that games that I know I don't like and then seeing other games get referenced and say, oh, this game's just like this game. 
I'm automatically discount them. And I responded to Lindsay in an email back saying that there was a game here recently that I have come to really enjoy. And I I am working on trying to figure out why I enjoy it. Because it's so similar to Seven Wonders. I think Seven Wonders, I often talk about it as being a game that I think is a... But it's a wonderful world, like, for weeks now. Yeah, yeah, I I know, I know, I don't know why. Like, Seven Wonders is is a game that I I respect as a design. You like games with the word wonder in them. Right. And then for this wonderful world to come out, for it to be a game that is obviously based off of a Seven Wonders design, which I, I have no... Never need to play Seven Wonders ever again. But It's a Wonderful World has just been sucking up all my time. Like, every chance I get to play this game solo, <laughs> I'm playing it. What are you doing? And it's it's just... I don't know. I, I just don't understand. And even... Even multiplayer, and, and now don't get me wrong, it's not a top 10 game for me, but it's certainly a game that I would have never have thought that I would have liked as much as I do. And so, yeah, I had to kind of go outside what I would generally consider to be my comfort zone in games that I spot and say, yeah, I'm going to like this, or yeah, I'm not going to like that. I can generally tell by watching a brief video or reading the rule book of whether or not I'm going to like a game. And Seven Wonders was one that just caught me way off guard. But, uh, yeah. See, these are the type of emails I like. This is why Lindsay, Lindsay always is the sends official. good emails. She, like, ask good questions. We're like, oh, yeah, that'd be a nice topic. What is, uh, is something go along with my type of personality? Um, I mean, if you're a type A aggressive, not aggressive, that's a, a harsh word to use, I guess, but just a type A personality, which you are, Jerry, whether you realize that or not. You like talk mm-hmm. to everybody all the time. You, in fact, it's hard to get you to shut up even with strangers. But you're a type A personality, and so you talk a lot. So I think negotiation goes well with you. Bubba is the exact same way. Bubba loves negotiation games where he can talk to you. And that goes along with like uh, even like we were talking about Catan a couple of weeks ago. Uh, Catan, you're trying to you know trade sheep wool for wood. And it goes well with that. I mean, that's negotiation. It's not quite as strong, uh, but you know, you can, there's at least a little bit of negotiation there, bartering, I guess you could say, that sidereal confluence. The reason that Jerry did not like that quite as and I didn't like it either, to be honest. Uh, but the reason we didn't like that game so much is because it was a negotiation, quote unquote, game. But yet it established parameters for what things were worth. And that just destroyed the whole negotiation factor. It's like, what's the point? Uh, but those type of games, yeah, that I was, enjoy. I, I have no idea. I don't I'm glad, enjoy. I'm glad to see that. I'm glad to see that Sidereal Confluence is like falling out of It's getting a reprint or something. One of those, uh, well, yeah, it got a reprint, but that was a while back. But it, it's just one of those games that when it came out, I... I don't. I, I see the potential of that game, and it was one that, when I saw it and heard about it, I was geared up for it. I wanted that game because everybody said the same thing. It was basically Chinatown in space, and I thought that this is this is going to blow us away. And I just remember sitting there playing it. I remember reading the rule book and thinking, "Man, this is going to be a great game." And then as soon as we sat down, 
the fun that was sucked out of the room playing that game and realizing that this was this was not the game I expected it to be. It was not so much. It was not. There was. It was engine building and not negotiation. And to me, it was a very lackluster engine building game. And it just it just felt terribly flat. And so it just goes to show that sometimes uh, the look of the cake ain't always the taste. Sometimes you just don't know <laughs> what you're going to like. And so get you that have to of, go outside. You've said that before. What's that? What is that phrase? The look of the cake ain't the taste. What's that from? Oh, if one of our listeners know where I stole that from. Please feel free, feel free to email us at boardgamesnobs at gmail.com. I will see who. Well, I mean, I can Google it and reference. find out. That's no, the problem with no those Googling. No, no Googling. Googling. No. You can't Google it. I'll know if you Google it. No, no Google it. Okay. Well, so this goes along with this whole conversation. Um, Lords of Vegas. Mm. I would never go to Vegas myself, but I would love to in spirit. <laughs> <laughs> and when we play that game, I will gamble my savings away. I will gamble myself into poverty. I will roll them dice and roll them dice until there's nothing left. And it destroys me. But I freaking love that game. But that's interesting. It's an interesting concept going along with Lindsay's emails. Like, normally I wouldn't do that. But there's a part of my personality where I would. If I could, if my wife let me go to Vegas, oh my God, we'd be so broke. The Lords of Vegas is a great game to play with Gobby because he does the same thing every game. There's, it's a, it, we play it four player. Three players are basically out there actually playing the game where Gobby spends his entire time just just going to to your casino and, and gambling, just rolling that dice. I'm back, baby. (laughs) I just roll the dice and I go broke. But sometimes I hit it big. And then he goes broke. And then when I hit it big, it makes it all worth it. Yes, yes. There are those times. Lords of Vegas is so freaking good. <laughs> yes, it is. That reprint is kind of crazy that they're doing all that. They either, I think it's finished on Kickstarter that they did with the briefcase and all that. But yeah, Lords of Vegas is one of our favorite games. And uh, at our next podcast, which actually was going to be this podcast, we were going to talk about the top five games that we wanted to, the, the top five games that we're going to play that we're wanting to play as soon as this pandemic uh, lockdown is lifted, which looks like it may be sooner rather than later. I think uh, hopefully well, in the next I few weeks, I'll technically be in Texas, we could already get together at our own choosing. Well, my Texas wife is, is going, my, my wife is going, they're opening the lobby at my wife's bank. Come on. By the time this comes out, it would already be open. And I'm like, Okay, so businesses are open. Okay, so please wear a mask, dear. I hope you don't get sick. It's like, so businesses are open. So it's like, she's going to be, you know, facing all these strangers coming into the bank, which I'm not too crazy about. So sure, why not get together for a game with a a singular friend that has been quarantining? I'm up for it. Well, I... Well, I got to wait a little while until I'm not, uh, I'm not... Have I'm, you seen any COVID still patients? Out. Yeah. And plus, I'm oh in Oklahoma, God. and like they said, I already announced June first. The uh, the meth labs can all open back up, <laughs> so we're, we're opening. We're getting things lined back out. We're getting there things lined go. back out. So uh, yeah, so on our next podcast, we're going to talk about our top games that we are going to play as soon as this lockdown is lifted, good. 
and I have tested negative for the last final time. And there you go. Um, there we go. Real quick before we uh, sign off, a couple more podca- uh, podcasts, a couple more emails. Shannon Trainer said, "I said I know this is late." Zonka Zonka for Coffee Roasters. Just wanted to send this saying thanks for you guys still doing podcasts, but enjoy them a lot. Da 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 da. They said also finish the pod snack for Mandalorian already. Not going to happen. It's not going to happen. It is going to happen. It's going to happen on our new podcast. Uh, Amy Borgo says vodka. Hey, Jerry. Remember you were asking about vodka questions? Why do people drink yeah. vodka? I love taking shots of marshmallow vodka with my friends. Does. <laughs> does <laughs> All I can hear is little Johnny going, shot, 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 shot. Doesn't have to be expensive, and it's sweet if you like sweet drinks. I do not. I don't know what Jerry likes. Oh, no. I love you guys and have been listening for a long time. Stay safe during all this virus stuff. OMG, I miss playing board games in person with my friends. It's super depressing looking at my collection of games just sitting unplayed. I agree. I agree. I agree. Keep having fun. Your loyal fan, Amy Borgo. I think that's our first... uh, email from amy so thanks Ames. you don't have any friends amy friends don't let friends do marshmallow <laughs> vodka shots but just don't you i don't know uh, i've never heard of marshmallow uh, vodka but i am interested can i put that on a uh uh i will dip my graham cracker crest into marshmallow vodka and then a chocolate vodka and just drink it right that's gonna do it for us that's gonna do it for us while you're uh coming up with more bad ideas Hi. if you have any other emails Hi. that you'd like to send us s'mores baby board game snobs at gmail.com i do i do will i will mention since t- t- to respond to it was it amy to respond to amy, amy. regarding the vodka amy. marshmallows give it a try uh, you can't you can't knock it till you try it i know here's here's what i suggest to her and i suggest this to all of our listeners for which who do enjoy to imbibe occasionally? It's two things: Jägermeister, oh god, and root beer, and oh root beer. God, you, you will not me? regret it. <laughs> I've Let us know how that had, goes. I've never had either, and I don't want. Don't oh, want it's it is delightful. It is delightful. Uh, That's going to be all for us. Follow us on Instagram and yeah, Twitter, and then sure. we'll we'll hit you back later. Exactly. Yes, we will hit you back. This is Gabby. This is, yeah, this is Jerry. (laughs) And I'm about to, um, yeah. Bye. I'm done. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Board Game Snobs. Stay classy.